Davis is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He yeah. is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. We're going old school today. Not necessarily by choice. Uh, we've got some, uh, got some technical difficulties, so we are not going to be able to bring you our beautiful faces this morning on Facebook Live, but we are here in our original medium, we even, radio airwaves. We even wore our suits today. Yeah, we look great. Not wearing hats, we did our hair. Looks like prom. Oh, man. Let's get mom out here for a million pictures, and then, you know, let, we'll let's be late Let to... someone uh, poke me with a flower. <laughs> oh, man. Those are the days. <laughs> Not really necessarily. Well, I mean, it depends. What was the uh, what senior prom? What was the theme? Oh, I have no idea. You realize that that was almost twenty years ago for <laughs> that, me, right? That's why I'm asking. It's like yesterday for you. <laughs> Whatever. Yes, that was still that was over. That was twelve years ago. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm much. It's it's a long way back there for me. So ours. I I remember it was. It was like tropical paradise or something, and the only okay. reason I'm going to remember that forever is because a blizzard came through that weekend, so we had to move <laughs> everything up um, instead of eating at like six or seven or whatever, and then having the the dance and all that stuff. Yeah. We moved it up and started at like two in the afternoon, and we went in and put up a banner underneath tropical paradise and said, "Dance until it snows," because once it got really bad out, the administration sent everyone home, which is obviously the safest thing to do. With 16, 17, 18-year-old drivers in a yeah, small town. certainly. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. You'd have to ask somebody else from my high school about what the, what the heck the theme was. It's just not so I, – I wasn't on any of those committees. It was uh, not, not, not that part of the high school experience for me, which is fine. Um, do you want to talk Huskers, though? Well, we, we do have quite a bit to get to. I was, I was going to talk, you bring up how you had to like move things up and adjust the time. Yes. It, thankfully, your prom wasn't canceled due to that, but, uh, postponed, with, sir. Postponed. Yes, indeed. Um, hopefully the, uh, it's not a cancellation for Nebraska volleyball oh, and just a postponement because that's so this was going to be a huge weekend. This was going to be a big one. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, it's now the second w- series that Nebraska has had postponed because of COVID. Um. So you don't get the number four versus number one with the Badgers, and then you you had the announcement come out Thursday late in the morning, and you're like, man, this this is off. That really stinks. And then you find out in the afternoon the Badgers have shut down their program for the next two weeks. Jeez. Number one team in the country because of COVID positives within their program. Um. So you you think back to that being like Nebraska men's basketball. Some someone got it, and as Coach Hoiberg said, it becomes kind of like wildfire. At some point within within your team, um, especially for these smaller teams um, outside of football, where you are together and you're not in helmets, and there's a lot of other stuff going on that can kind of play into it for for the different sports. But so for uh, Wisconsin, they're out for the next two weeks. Nebraska had there was an available opponent opponent this weekend. 
mm-hmm. in Illinois. Yep. Who Nebraska plays this next weekend. Yeah. You could have just moved that series up, and then Nebraska would have just, if someone was available next weekend, you play them. I said this yesterday on um, LNK Today with Jack and Friends. If because of postponements and shuffling the schedule, if you were to play the same opponent, I don't care, three, four, five times over the course of this season, where you're pretty much just playing each other every weekend because that's yeah. the only availability, I don't care. Play the matches. Yes. Because every time they come out and say that they will work uh, together with the Big Ten Conference to identify rescheduling options, unless that match that you have coming up in the weekend is postponed, called off early in the week, they're not going to get it made up. It's just not going to happen. And that's so frustrating, especially for, for a team like this Husker volleyball team that Man, if we think about last weekend, how disappointing it was coming in uh, on Saturday and because they just got walloped on that Friday yeah, and then swept Minnesota on Sunday and looked really good doing it. How much momentum were you going to take up into Madison and the number one team in the country undefeated? Now you don't get that chance. Mm. Now you just have to go to Illinois next week and now, now it's in don't have any letdowns. Not let's let's get up because it's a top five matchup. Now it's the... Okay, we got to beat Nebraska. Don't have letdowns. That's frustrating, not just for like their program, but as fans, we we don't get to see these things. And I'll tell you right now, if there's a fan base that has less confidence in the Big Ten to get something done, it's probably doesn't exist. Yeah, and for good reason. Um, and and yeah, this was this was something I think everybody was really looking forward to was not just this match or the two matches this weekend, but volleyball in general because you didn't get it in the fall, and instead all you had was football. Right. And we all know how that went. And then you get to basketball season, and the 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 guys have you know won one Big Ten game. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, a little bit of a struggle. You had the big, uh, the big COVID pause, and all these games smushed together in the end. It's, it's not worked out real well um, in terms of uh, the play on the floor, the wins and the losses. Husker uh, women's basketball finally got back on the bubble, yep. and then was upset and, again. Yep. Uh, wrestling has done well, but here's mm-hmm. the thing about wrestling: is they've had such a um, a tightened up schedule that that's not something you could consistently watch. Right. And so, it, so like, even though they're being they're they are successful, you're not getting to see them very much. It doesn't have the same visibility on Big Ten Network that yeah. um, that you have with the other sports. And so, it, the volleyball was it, it, and and I mean has been for the last few seasons. I feel like um, the one sport that has both the visibility and the dominance, mm-hmm. the consistent level of performance that you can count on that you know you're going to see some awesome stuff right. whenever you get that match to, to be broadcast on NET or BTN, uh, what have you. And so to not have that available is uh, it's, it's tough. Um, and, and hopefully they're able to reschedule that. Like you said, that involves Big Ten leadership. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I've got some ideas, but we don't need to um, get into that. But yeah, that, not getting volleyball this weekend is a bummer. Um, and that's and that's not even saying like, man, that would have been good. if Nebraska goes and wins both matches. That that would be awesome. Where would they move up in the rankings? Even if Nebraska lost both matches, you're gauging where your team is at yep. just to set yourself up for the NCAA tournament. If you push Wisconsin to to five on Friday and you lose in four on Saturday, so be it. 
if you if you get swept in both, so be it. How did you look? What adjustments does your team need to work on? What do the freshmen learn? Yes, what there there, there is so much more to this season than the, than the wins and losses, and I think that's generally in any season, yeah. but especially in this season where you're not guaranteed the next week of games. There's only so much you can do in practice yep. uh, when, when you can go out and do it against some of the best teams in the country, and that's a lost opportunity uh, this weekend to learn yep. about your team and for those, for those uh, young folks to, to just learn what a big match is like. Yes. Yep. You don't get that experience now, and that's tough. Um, one, one team that is getting experience, and, and plenty of it, uh, maybe a little bit too fast, uh, just drinking out of a fire hose. Force-fed. Um, Nebraska men's basketball uh, in a, in the midst of another four games in seven-day <sighs> stretch uh, right now. They're playing today. Uh, you get Minnesota at 6 p.m., and then they're playing again on Monday. Uh, that's against Rutgers. Both of those here in Lincoln, that's at, that's at 6 as well. Um, having just played at Illinois on Thursday and then uh, hosted Penn State Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um the let's let's go back to Penn State. That's the Teddy forty one game. Yes. Um. He uh, in the first half, he ended up with what twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight, which beat this the single half record from James Palmer who had twenty seven against Rutgers uh, in the Big Ten tournament in twenty nineteen. He was getting any shot he wanted, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't taking every single shot, every possession. He wasn't forcing it. Like, we've seen him do that before this year, right? Where he's just, the offense isn't really getting going, and so he's just going to try to do stuff, and he forces it. Or he just hit two shots in a row, and he's going to fire from anywhere. Right, and he'll do that five possessions in a row. Like, that was not what, his, what he was doing. He no. was picking his spots, but he was he was getting there pretty pretty easily when he wanted to. Like, he was determined. Penn State, they're not one of the top teams in the Big Ten, obviously, but that's, I mean, regardless... 41 is 41. Yeah. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Um, so to see what he did and then to have the game go the way it did, because you have him score 41. He shot 67% from the field, six of nine from three, 16 made field goals, tied a school record, made all of his free throws, made three free throws, all three of his free throws also had eight boards and six assists. Both of those led the team. Uh, and to have all of that basically not matter because you lost the offensive rebounding battle 16 to 2 because you had another rash of turnovers almost 20 turnovers again he, the, the way the, the way that the rest of the the squad performed the way you couldn't get enough stops defensively or just clean the glass defensively right that you give up half as many of those offensive rebounds, you probably win the game because they dominated in second chance points off of those offensive rebounds mm-hmm. too. So that's the, and I don't know if you happen to read my article this week, but mm-hmm. I actually highlighted those with the number 41 mm-hmm. because 41, obviously that's how much Teddy scored, but it was completely erased because when you add up the second chance points and the fast break points. Oh, and the fast breaks too, yeah. 41 points. Yeah. So points off of turnovers and points after they got offensive rebounds. So if you turn the ball over less and you give up less offensive rebounds, well, there you go. You've kept your advantage because a guy went ballistic shooting the ball. Yeah. And I wa- watching through that game, I could count one, maybe two bad shots that Teddy took. 
and and they weren't necessarily bad shots as much as it was kind of just where things were in the game. They gotten things tightened up. And Teddy took a I know one for instance, he took a long three um beyond the left wing. And I was like, ah, that's not really a good shot. And you could kind of see see Hoiberg's reaction um off the bench as well. That ah, that's not really a great shot. But when you've got a guy who's already shot that well, if he's going to take a bad shot, he's going to take a bad shot. At some point, somebody's feeling it. Yeah. And then the end of end of regulation, there there was yes. a lot of folks asking, "How do you not get Teddy the ball? How do you not get Teddy the ball?" Even that a bunch was of a pe- great play. Even a bunch of people who I know don't like Teddy are now, well, how can you not get Teddy the ball? You got to have confidence. Do you not have enough confidence in him to hit the shot late? Listen, the play was drawn up, and Teddy's going to come open. But when you've got a guy like Trey McGowan's takes two dribbles and suddenly there's no one in front of him, you take that three ten times out of ten, a hundred times out of a hundred. And he, was no, seven, he had 17 points of his own. Yes. At no point do you get there and go, well, I'm open. Let's wait for Teddy to see if he gets open. No, you take that shot every single time. The mistake in the last minute was the foul. Yes. Where there was a shot clock that was going to run down Penn State all you had to do was play good defense, and then they had, you fouled they had a guy. Tried, they had tried the backcourt trap, right? They were yep. just trying to defend really well, get a 10-second, or maybe get a steal. And then it got into the front court, and that's when you defend, because they would have had another possession if they defended. I, I believe you would have had 8 yeah. to 10 seconds left. At least, yeah. Um, yeah. So here's the thing. if Let's say Penn State scores. Okay, well, you're they're probably they probably got a 2, and now you're down 3. It's the exact same situation. If they don't score... Trey McGowan's coming open on the wing. Guess what he's able to do now? Mm-hmm. He's got a lane to the basket. Yes. There are so many different things. So the mistake in the in the closing minutes was not necessarily any of the offensive rebounds. It was not uh the the last play where Teddy isn't the guy taking the shot. It was the McGowan's foul near half court when they had set up their defense and there was going to be time left. Um and that's right. a te- that's a teaching moment. That's not something where a guy made like a terrible mistake and held on to the ball and tried to call uh, a timeout and they didn't have any. That was just a hey, we need to pay attention to where the clock is coming down, how much time difference there is with the shot clock. Now, if that's closer and there's only like a 2 second difference, man, that's not a lot of time to get the ball up up floor, mm-hmm. especially if there's a long rebound and the ball gets tipped, you guys completely miss out on it. But that 8 to 10 range Man, that that would have been perfect for a long rebound come down and get into a, fa- a fast break situation. Yeah, yeah, it would have. And and yeah, so the the numbers on that Nebraska ended up with eighteen turnovers. Uh, the the points off turnovers twenty five to thirteen in favor in favor of Penn State. Second chance points sixteen to three in favor <sighs> of Penn State, and that was based on a sixteen to two offensive rebounding margin. Yeah. Um and the the game was fun to watch too. That Penn State Nebraska game oh, was fun for to sure. watch. It obviously scored both teams in the eighties. You have Teddy going off. Um, but then you juxtapose that with the first half two nights later against Illinois, <laughs> where you have I think a combined twenty fouls with five of those technicals. That game was twenty two turnovers. Uh, all of that in the first half. So it, we'll we'll talk more about that Illinois game and and look ahead here to the the games this week because there are. Three more before we hit the airwaves next Saturday, yeah, uh, and then the fu- then the finale finally on Sunday after that. So there's there's plenty to discuss there. Um, but gosh, I just you just hope that they can get one more, or maybe even two more. Just 
don't end the season with one. I'm really glad they're not going to end the season with zero. Uh, but it's it's been a rough go for that squad, and with with the the COVID stuff, and obviously they had positive tests, and you don't know how much that's affecting them right now. Uh, but it's I want them to have a chance at these games, but I also part of me is just like let's get the heck out of this season and get to twenty twenty one twenty two and see what we got. They they've deserved more than the one win, yeah. um, but you got to close them out. You do, you very much do. Um, well, we're going to shift gears in our next segment. We're going to go back to the phones. We've got Parker Gabriel from the Lincoln Journal Star, um, covers football for them. Uh, we are going to talk about the big news that came out of the recruiting world last weekend, and it's the top two players in the state for 2022 deciding to keep Nebraska out of their top fives. Uh, that and other news and notes coming out of football uh, and plenty more to get to. Uh, That's with Parker Gabriel from the Lincoln Journal Star. That is next here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red, this is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Rolling along here on a Saturday morning. No volleyball. Sad. No there is, volleyball. There is basketball. Of course there's basketball <laughs> because it's right. 2021 and yeah, the men are after their pause, so of course there's basketball. Uh, no football, but spring's coming, and we've definitely got football talk, as we always do here on this show, and here to join us to uh, to break down some more of the, uh, the, th- the news from the last week. With the football program is Parker Gabriel from the Lincoln Journal Star. Hey, Parker, how's it going this morning? Hey, good morning, guys. I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing pretty well. Um, we, Cole, we we got to ask Parker first of all though. Yes, go ahead, Parker. Can you? What was your senior prom theme? <laughs> senior prom theme? Yes. Uh, honestly, I don't remember. There I was there go. for a while, <laughs> but I don't. Rem- I honestly don't remember what it was. I I don't I don't remember. We're, you and I are team. We have no idea. <laughs> Caleb remembers. Be, I hate to say this, but that's getting to be a long time ago now. It's not. It's not nineteen years, is it? Because that's where I'm at. 19 years ago for me. No, um, okay. 13. Okay. okay, I'm at 12, so sounds like in the next year I'm going to forget. Okay. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you will not remember this time. <laughs> You're about to enter the void. Oh, no. Welcome. All right, well, uh, entering the void in terms of uh, the top two players in the state for 2022, um, that's where Nebraska's at. They did not make the top fives, Parker, for Deshaun Woods and Devin Jackson. Uh, both kids out of Omaha, both very highly regarded, and and both frankly at, at important positions in in football these days at the offensive line, uh, and uh, as a, an edge position, uh, is it? There's been a lot of talk because this happened last Saturday, so uh, pretty much everybody else has had a crack at this except our show. But is it is it cause for panic? Is it not as big a deal because there's a lot of other talent in the state, or they're getting talent from elsewhere? Like, what is your view of what these two high school juniors right now decided last Saturday yeah I think it's probably somewhere in between I I don't think it's I don't think it's full-on panic or anything like that but I also don't think you can spin it in a good way I mean you want to be in on every talented player um, from the state of Nebraska and and you're you say that knowing that you're not going to bat a thousand on that. You're just not going to get every single guy uh, that you want. And so at this moment in time, Nebraska, I think, has signed 
14 of the 16 in-state players uh, that they've offered scholarships to from the state of Nebraska since Scott Frost took over. Pretty good rate. Um, the, the issue is that two of those three misses came in the last cycle uh, with Avante Dickerson and Keegan Johnson. Avante went to Oregon. Keegan Johnson went to Iowa. And now you've got two more, uh, at least in this 2022 class uh, that you've offered that that don't appear to be interested. And so the question is, are those misses products of individual, you know, decisions? And, and you just sort of say, okay, you know, if you want to go do something else, that's fine. It's obviously well within these kids' rights to find the best situation for them. And like Avante Dickerson, when he uh, committed to Oregon on signing day, and we talked to him, he said, you know, I just don't, I just want to do something else. I want to see another part of the country. I've never been outside the Midwest until I went and saw Eugene. And so you can like understand that as coming off a senior prom that he won't remember 13 years from now and <laughs> going to, you know, wanting to go see another part of the country. That's great. Um, but when, if you start to stack up kids that you want that aren't interested in you year after year, that's a real problem. And so this is the second straight cycle where we've seen kids that are interested in other things. And I think the question for Nebraska is, are these isolated instances or are they coming up short in recruiting these kids in state somehow? Um, and then obviously beyond that, you know, winning plays a factor in all of this um, development and all that, that all plays a role. But, but to me, it's, are you doing what you need to do to make sure these kids understand why you think staying in state is the best opportunity for them? Parker, I haven't been looking at uh, other schools in other states and how well they are keeping um, their in-state recruits, but is this something that coaches at other schools can use as negative recruiting against the Huskers to say, hey, there's not a lot going on in Lincoln. They've got record snows. It's cold. Why would you want to go play there? Heck, the guys that live there don't even want to stay and play there. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I think you'll hear that. I mean, I think teams use anything they can find to, to negative recruit typically. I mean, definitely part of the appeal if you're Arizona State and you're coming to Nebraska to recruit talent is, you know, hey, look at what it looks like down here in the winter. <laughs> uh, Devin Jackson said the other day he doesn't like the cold very much, even though he's lived here since he was 10 and before that he was maybe in Illinois his parents both graduated from the University of Illinois so I mean it's it's understandable and then the other thing that I don't I don't quite know how to quantify this but I feel like I I know that there's a lot of people out there in the world whether you're a college recruit or not who have been jonesing to go anywhere for the last year you know people have been pretty people have been pretty locked up and and the, the pandemic and all that and that people haven't gotten out and seen places they want to see or gone places they want to go. And I do wonder a little bit if the, if all of that is causing kids anywhere, not just in Nebraska, but wherever they are to maybe want to go anywhere else, somewhere else um, to college. And so you, you know, you see there's plenty of schools around the big 10 that, that see top kids from their States go elsewhere. Um, but I also think that each state is sort of unique in its own way. And Nebraska has always done a pretty good job of keeping the best players in state. So I think it's fair to use that as the standard. Hey, hey, you're normally pretty good at this. So, you know, you should keep being good at it. If, if you, you know, if you want to keep, um, you know, if you want to keep uh, having success in, in the recruiting world, basically. I know we're seeing it a lot, a, a lot more at the high school level, especially with boys basketball. 
um, the talent level has gone way up. So schools across the country are offering Nebraska kids a lot more. Are we start? Is, is that could that be the other part of this equation? Is that more schools are coming in trying to take? If if there's a, a top two, top three guy in the state of Nebraska, that that's worth throwing a scholarship this direction. Yeah, definitely. And I think the more you know, the more talent you have, then the more talent gets discovered, right? I mean, I think one of the things that we saw when, especially with that 2019 class, um, you know, when when the heavy hitters came to Omaha to recruit Nick Henrich and, and Chris Hickman, it's like you, you see Xavier Watts in the same weight room while you're there. Um, and then, you know, you come to see, uh, you know, Xavier Betts at, at, at Bellevue West and or you turn on the film to watch him. And it's like, oh, hey, who are those young guys? You know, Micah Riley, Ducker, and and Caden Helms. And, you know, so it just goes, it's sort of talent, you know, begets talent in that way. I mean, you have to have it year after year, but it's easier to be discovered, um, you know, when you've got guys ahead of you that have done it before. And then also, it's a lot, in a non-pandemic world, it makes a lot more sense for LSU or Arizona State or Miami or, you know, Notre Dame or whoever to come to Omaha in particular and recruit for a day or a couple days when you can go to four schools and see guys at all four of them that you think might be able to play for you. And that's sort of, you know, if you look ahead, I mean, 22, 23, Nebraska's even got an early offer out to Davon Hall, who's just finished his freshman year at Bellevue West. And so um, there's a lot of, you know, power five talent uh, in the state you're probably looking at, I mean, at least, at least, you know, five or six kids in the 22 class, at least five or six kids that we know of so far in the 23 class and so on and so forth. And so, yeah, I don't think that competition um, in, in, within the state border uh, is going anywhere anytime soon. Worth, worth mentioning as well that in this last class, Nebraska got the top player out of Iowa in Thomas Fedoni. Mm, yes. Got the top yep. player out of South Dakota and Randolph Kapai. A couple other guys out of Iowa as well. So it's not like... It's not like that's not part of the factor too. I, I think that's important to to keep in mind right. for for folks who are you know who are panicking, which I don't <laughs> think any of us here are. Uh, Parker Gabriel from the Lincoln Journal Star joining us here uh, on the K Line Husker Hour. Well, a couple of guys who uh, we we definitely know where their loyalties lie in in terms of Nebraska's program. Uh, Jay Foreman, Jason Peter, they are back with the program in a non coaching capacity, but they are. Helping out on the side, I guess, with with head coach Scott Frost and uh, and and some of the the off to the side things with this program to to help maybe steer this thing back in the right direction. What is your read on these two guys' involvement and and what are the types of things that they may be able to contribute to this program that maybe haven't been there these first three seasons? Yeah, so I think, like I said, like you said, I think they're basically just around to help in whatever way possible. I liken it to, you know, when I was in college, I worked for the student newspaper, and pretty regularly there'd be people of sort of all walks of life that used to work for the student newspaper that would come back in, and they would, like, you know, talk to whoever was around and say, hey, you know, call me if you want advice on your clips or, you know, I might know someone if you're applying for internships or whatever. And it's to me, it seems like it's sort of the college football version of that where they're not around every single day. Um, They're not, they don't have official duties. Um, They're not going to, you know, probably run. I don't know if Jay Foreman's running those guys through linebacker drills. I very much (laughs) doubt it, but the, but the idea is, 
here's a couple of people with extensive institutional knowledge, not only of the game that you're playing, but of the place that you're playing it at. And so they're just sort of at the player's, you know, disposal. And I don't know if I think they're, I think it's literally just anyone who is interested in picking their brains can do it. You know, I, I don't, I'm sure that the leadership group as it, as it develops is a little bit more, you know, the target of helping to instill, um, you know, some ideas of, of what accountability and toughness and all of that look like. But um, I think at the, at, at its core, it's basically um, two guys who have been around the program a lot, who have volunteered to, to spend some time in the weight room and, and around the guys and just sort of, you know, help in, in whatever way they can. I mean, it can't hurt to just have Jason Peter in there yelling at dudes in the weight room, right? <laughs> at the very right. least. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if that's what you get, that's what you get, and, and, and maybe that's enough to, to give them the boost that they need. Um, well, Parker, you give us the boost that we needed here this Saturday morning. We appreciate the time. Uh, we will uh, expect the next time we talk to you that you have looked up what your senior prom theme was because we'll, uh, we'll come back to this later, all right? I'll try to remember to look it up so that I can remember what it actually is. I'm going to have to try too before, you know, before Caleb forgets about it because the clock's ticking on <laughs> it's, him. It's getting there. It's getting closer. Yeah. Thanks, Parker. We appreciate it. Yep. Have a good week, guys. You too. Um, the, the recruiting thing is fascinating to me because one of the aspects of this, Caleb, Sean Prater, if you remember that name, yeah. guy from Omaha, went to Iowa, was all Big Ten. And he's a uh, he's a, an assistant now at Arizona State. He's not one of the the ten paid on field assistants, but he's a part of the program there. Mm-hmm. And if if you follow this stuff and you saw who's in both of Woods and Jackson's top fives, Arizona State's right there. Yeah, that's you. You've got you've got guys that are placed around the country that have ties to Nebraska, where this is a thing. Like you've seen it in the state of Ohio with. Bo Pelini and with Frank Solich. You've seen it out in California um, with, I can't remember his name, but he was at UCLA for a time. Um, the guy who's down in Kentucky who was part of Bo's staff as well. Those those guys are, are they, they have an idea of what is possible with these Omaha kids because mm-hmm. they've been around. Uh, and, and it's not just Nebraska's place to just say, hey, you're up, come on down. You've got to work at it and you've got to beat these other legit programs for these kids now. What I found interesting from from Parker, and it's um, I hadn't heard that before, I hadn't thought about it before, but now I am thinking about it. At the college level, you saw a lot of guys over this last year that either opted out of the season or played a whole season, but they wanted to transfer to be closer to home yeah. because they were away from family over the course of um, the large part of the pandemic this last year in 2020. Now, for the high school recruits, they just spend a lot more time at home, possibly doing a lot of virtual learning. You're around your family a bunch. You were cooped up. You didn't get to go have a lot of experiences. They're wanting to go the opposite direction. So yeah. if you're just a couple years on either side of that line, it's a very different worldview on what happened over the last year. So if you're a coaching staff, let's say at the University of Nebraska, and you've got some guys from other parts of the country, well, you just had to make sure that the guys on your team – Basically, you had to re-recruit them to stay. Yep. And this isn't just at Nebraska. This is other places, yes, too. Yes, But for your in-state guys, now you're trying to get them to stay, but they want to go see other parts of the country. So there, there, there's a lot going on here, whether you're on the team or you're a high school recruit coming up, and I think not all of it is is on Nebraska or this coaching staff or the results that you've seen on the field. 
Parker brought up a really good point that there there are ramifications from what we've seen uh, over this last year from the COVID pandemic. Yeah, I think the the moral of the story is whoever you are with for these last you know however many months, you might want to go somewhere else. You are going <laughs> to want to go somewhere else. Um, and I love my family, and I think my family loves me too. But I think we're all ready to just do something else and be around other people. Uh, for for a while. After you, me, Phoenix, done. the next two weeks. Hey, let's let's do that. Yeah. All right, <laughs> uh, maybe Cancun. Uh, no, I, when we come back, we're gonna get back into some basketball discussion, uh, and I want you to think of this trivia question. When we are in the break, how many players has Thorier Thorbjorn Arson played with in his career at Nebraska? That answer and more when we come back here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Dot com. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Our thanks to Parker Gabriel from Lincoln Journal Star. Just joined us in our last segment. Uh, we are not on the Facebook Live right now. We get technical difficulties on uh, on that PC, but... Uh, Hopefully we'll have that back up and running next week. Of course, you can always head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com if you missed anything. And uh, you can still see our other shows uh, from previous weeks there on the Facebook page or Twitter at KLIN Huskers. Uh, more of uh, the basketball discussion here as uh, we, we kind of transition back to that. Huskers are in action tonight against Minnesota. That's a 6 p.m. tip, 5 o'clock pregame here on KLIN. Uh, and then again Monday. It's the four games in seven days special. They did they did it five games in nine days earlier this season, right? Uh, and then followed that up with a double header, back to back days. Uh, so it's you're you're gonna have them finish up on Sunday, and then they'll have two days off, and then they'll play on the Wednesday of the Big Ten tournament. And if they win, they'll play the following day. So the longest they'll have off this entire time after the COVID pause, when they had twenty seven days off, the most time they will have off between games is. Two days. Right. And days it looks off. like they're going to be locked into that 14 seed, yep. which means they will have the late game on the Wednesday. If they win, they will have the late game on the Thursday, and you can see kind of where that's going. Yep. Yep. Um, so Thor. Yes. Number of teammates that he has had since he's played at Nebraska. Is it more or less than his amount of free throw attempts last season? What, what, what would you think without being able to look that Ooh, up? I know the number of teammates he's played yes. with. I don't know the number of free throw attempts. I'm going to say less. He shot 41 free throws Ooh, all of last season. Very close. And now you obviously you know the answer for the number of teammates he's had. 43 people. 43 <laughs> different dudes have played with Thor at Nebraska. Just And this is not like everybody. This is not like... Uh, every non non scholarship. This is everybody who's been on scholarship. Yes, at Nebraska. Uh, craziness, <laughs> just absolutely nuts. Because I, I mean, if you think about it, you have the the last two teams have been just complete rebuilds. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. So almost an entirely new roster both seasons, and then before that. He was here. He he redshirted. If I'm not, did he red, well, he might not have redshirted. I guess. Let, let me go look. But on top of all that, you have him being the only guy who stuck around, and he's you know played for two seasons under Tim Miles, played for two seasons here under Fred Hoiberg, and no redshirt, no redshirt. Okay, so he's just it's just the four years and still forty three people. <laughs> 
on a basketball team. Uh, and, and the other interesting aspect of this is, since Doc Sadler's here as an assistant, he has actually played for the last three head coaches in some form oh, that's, or fashion. Oh, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he's seen it all in his time here. And somebody else, um, I, I, this, this kind of stemmed from, uh, from Twitter after he mentioned how many people he said he played with over 40 guys. Somebody else mentioned this. How many of those 40 players played their entire career on scholarship at Nebraska. I don't know what the exact answer is, but someone came up with three. I was going to say, it would have to be guys that were here when he was a freshman and sophomore. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, Roby played here for three years before he went pro. Uh-huh. Jack McVeigh played here for three years before he went back home to Australia and went pro. Uh, and Glenn Watson, four years, all four here at Nebraska on scholarship, <laughs> He's the only one who was a four-year scholarship player. Now, that may change as, as guys who came in as freshmen here uh, in these last couple classes maybe stay and, and play four years, like Ivan could, Eduardo Andre could. Um, a call a rope. A call a rope as well. So, Elijah Wood's still on the team, Elijah right? Elijah Wood, yep. yep. I mean, he doesn't play as much, but yes, he's on the team. Gets lost in the shuffle a little bit under all this. Right. So, so the... Only those are the only guys who've been here the entire length of their careers on scholarship. You've had guys who were here for that long but weren't on scholarship the entire time, like yeah. Johnny Trueblood. Um so in this um Charlie Easley was included in this because he went on scholarship for second semester, right? I think I saw him yeah. on that list, yeah. He had a game winner in the last like week and a half, didn't he? He did. South that South was pretty State. cool. Yeah. So that's a, a long way to say that Thor has been here for a long time and there's been a lot of turnover on the roster and no wonder that this team is not necessarily in the best place, uh, you know, program wise right now. Um, but that being said, the, the stability that you have, at least with a guy who's been here in the program and can talk to guys about what to expect because they haven't been here as long. I mean, we saw Thor kind of, come out uh, and and play hard and, and play well in that late 2019 stretch when Nebraska's f- season had fallen apart, and I think it was pretty clear that Tim Miles was on the way out as well, uh, and Johnny Trueblood was getting a lot of minutes, uh, and they made a run in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, but he had that big block to save the game against Iowa after that right. huge comeback in 2019. Um, he's He's played pretty well. In spots this season, he had uh, two big three-pointers, I think, early in the Illinois game that kept Nebraska in that one that they ended up getting to overtime with and losing in overtime. Um, and he's he played with Kobe Webster uh, a ton in the, the last game earlier this week uh, against Illinois, uh, and he and Webster were the only two guys in double figures other than Trey McGowan's. Um, Here, here's a fun one for you. So Thor's obviously it seems like he's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Who's the other Husker male athlete that feels like they've been here for about fourteen years? Uh that would be the the man they call Morris John. Yes, right, Mojo Haggy. Who's actually older by age between Mojo and Thor? Yeah, well, it'd have to be Mojo. Would Just it? by eight months is all. Just by eight, okay, it, it feels like yeah. he's actually like five years older than everybody else on campus. Has he been here for? Is this his? Fifth this is year, his fifth year. year. Okay, it's fifth year. So if I hadn't if I hadn't told you the red shirt, it would have been closer. It would have been closer. It would have been a tougher decision <laughs> for me. Yeah. Can we just do an entire show with that sometime? <laughs> this or that? Uh, between <laughs> Thor and Mojo, that's awesome. Um, so the other thing 
that that this kind of leads to because Thor has played a role these last few games and these last uh you know this last stretch yeah. of this program and it's it's you know that's that's good for Thor but it's it's not necessarily great in terms of consistency for the rest of the guys especially the starters this is just a strange year for a lot of reasons but he just this this last game against Illinois Lat Mayan Mayan however we're saying it today yeah he had 16 points against Illinois in the first matchup that went to overtime he led the team in points scored this last game on Thursday, he was scoreless. Played 25 minutes, shot three shots, one three. He did not score. The game before that against Penn State, fellow starter Delano Banton scored zero points. Like, I don't, it's not necessarily great when you've got starters who are not scoring at all. Uh, in the first place, but even more so when you aren't really sure, because uh, there's there's some guys who who we know have had COVID. We, there's some guys that mm-hmm. we don't know if they had COVID or not. Uh, we don't know if that's part of it. Uh, if you go back the game before that against Purdue, Derek Walker, mm-hmm. who was in foul trouble, um, that was part of it. But he only shot two shots. He didn't score. That's three straight games. Actually, you go back before that, Maryland. The loss to Maryland, the second game. Trey McGowan's did not score in that game. Now, I don't know if we can go back to any game this season where you can find one where Teddy didn't score at least one point. Right. He had a, he had actually a scoreless half um, earlier this season. But Teddy's, I think, scored a bucket every game. You go back the last four games, there is a different starter for Nebraska basketball. It's held scoreless. Teddy's season low is three. Three, yeah, okay. I don't know what that says. I, I think we all know that that probably says, well, that team might be 1-13 in the league, or 1-14 in the league. Um, and they may have had 27 days off and then played like every other day for the last month. Mm-hmm. Nebraska's playing a le- their 11th game of the month this today. It'll be their 11th game of February. Just by comparison, they've never played more than eight in a, in a single month before in Big Ten play since they've joined the conference. They played seven last year. Um, their last, uh, one of the one of the opponents that they played earlier this week, Purdue, uh, that was last Saturday or Sunday, I think. Purdue will play six games in February. And this is the shortest month. And this is the shortest month. Nebraska's playing 11 times this month. You've definitely reached the point where it is tired inconsistency. It yes. is, that, that's what it is. It is yes. at some point one guy is going to come out and be ineffective, foul trouble, miss a couple shots, not get up very many shots. And that's where you're seeing this four game stretch, especially where at least one of the starters has not scored at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you've also heard from Hoiberg that the guys are. I mean, there's just not a, not enough juice to match everything you're getting from opponents, yeah. especially like in Illinois, uh, who was coming off of a loss. And no, they didn't have AO there, but they're coming off of a loss. So you're going to get guys coming in revved up, ready to go to get things back on track from a top five co- uh, team in the country. Yeah. Now, if you're trying to match that and you've been playing games like every other day for the last month, that's hard to do. Um, and Nebraska's also had the the starters for whatever reason haven't been communicating as well 
and some of the bench guys for the last couple outings. Yeah. You add all of that up, and yeah, that, that's a team that's got one conference win. It's also a team that has been running the gauntlet through the best men's basketball conference in the country. Historically great, also. Not just they're, they're the best this year. They are historically yes. maybe top two all-time since we've started tracking like Ken Palm and other other advanced metrics in terms of conference strength overall, Big Ten 2020-2021 is, is one of the best conferences ever. This conference is looking at getting double-digit uh, bids yep. to the, the NCAA East, tournament. The Big East, when they had 16 teams, they did it once. I think they had 11 bids that year. Um. Yeah, it's it's crazy deep, and and this just around this this back over to to Thor. It is important that you do have a couple guys off the bench who can contribute because this could be even uglier if you you know if you don't get a guy who can score in the starting lineup and you go to your bench and they can't score either. Um, it would be, I mean, these games would be uh, a lot more lopsided than than some of them have been. You've really only had one just god-awful blowout loss all season, and that was to Ohio State. You had Thor go for eight against Penn State. You didn't need a lot from the bench because Teddy had 41. Uh, But then in the last game against Illinois, um, even though Nebraska was kind of getting pulled away from in that second half, both Shamil Stevenson and Kobe Webster scored 12. Uh, and, And they both came up off the bench, both played about 20 minutes. So it's important that those guys are still able to do something to keep it somewhat respectable because it's hard enough in that locker room, I'm sure, just keeping these guys focused and, and, and you know, seeing, trying to still see what's in front of them when, when it's not going very well. So the latest ESPN Bracketology has nine Big Ten teams in the tournament, and then the first four out among them are Minnesota and Michigan State. So what did we learn this week is that the NCAA tournament, if teams qualify and then are unable to go, there are going to be Four at-large teams. Or alternates. As alternates. You've got more Big Ten teams sitting right there as I, of right now. Yeah, and, and we I, I think that's just if those teams pull out before the bracket, before the, the place Before starts. it starts, right. yes. They're not going to insert a, a random team into, into the, the, Sweet the Elite Eight or no. something. Yeah. yeah, that's important to, to make sure. <laughs> uh, a little bracket talk, that's good. We can never that's get enough fun. of that. Yeah. All right, well, let's... Uh, Let's get back to uh, back to business right after this. Uh, another break. Let's talk um, track. I want to talk track. Hey, you want to talk track? We might have some good stuff happening today. Okay, let's, let's talk, talk track. Let's talk track. We got track man Caleb Henry over there talking track. When you come back here on the K Lion Husker Hour, station at this station, giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the K L I N Husker Hour on fourteen hundred K L I N. One of us in this room is a former Division One track and field athlete, and the other one of us is Caleb Henry. The other one. Oh, is, wait a minute. The other one is really tall. Nope. Neither one of those is me. <laughs> Caleb, tell us about what's uh, in store for track and field today for the Huskers. Man, we we've gone through and talked about over the course of this season, whether it's here on Husker Hour or on social media or just off the air in the hallways here, masked up, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the the opportunities for Husker sports to win Big Ten conference titles. Now you had an individual at the cross country with George Kusha, who, yeah. who got an individual conference championship, but no one you weren't really competing for a conference title there. Um, swimming and diving is going on this weekend. They'll wrap up tomorrow. They're seventh in the team race. I think they'd moved up to sixth or fifth is the furthest up that they've moved. Um, 
You know where football is? <laughs> you know where men's and women's basketball is? Volleyball, it's going to be tough um, with just the regular season title, and you're not able to go after Wisconsin. You may not get that match. You may not get that chance. Wrestling this year, I mean... As good as they are. As good as they are, you've got to go through Iowa at some point. Yep. Like To to go through that, that Big Ten tournament, that is tough, tough sledding. Um Softball, I guess I just don't know enough about the the league for softball. Michigan's uh, perennially really yeah. good. And then baseball, yeah, you're finally playing a bunch of teams, but how good is anybody? Like, we don't know, and you don't get a conference tournament, so it's based 100% on the regular season. Yeah. Um, so you're getting a little bit more uh, kind of European soccer feel of what did you put together over the whole year versus what did you do over the course of a week and a half. Yeah. Now for specifically men's sports, Track and field has the only Big Ten titles in team stuff for Husker men. Yep. That's indoor and outdoor championships. Um, the women are right there as well. They've won a couple of events over the last... They won triple jump and long jump. Um, the men have got a triple jump championship. I haven't been able to... I haven't looked through all of the stuff, but on the men's side, men are currently sitting in second. I don't think they can... They're going to catch number one because right now they're 23 points behind Iowa. This is a Saturday. Think of this like state track. A lot more points happened today than have happened over the last couple. Uh, but right now, Nebraska's at 28 points in second. Iowa is at 51. Um, for the women's race, though, you've got a clear separation of one and two. Minnesota's got 50. Nebraska's got 42. You've got striking distance for the women's side. And the guys, if they can put something together today, you're, you're coming out with at least a conference runner-up. Mm-hmm. And an out, you're looking at an outside chance of someone coming home as Big Ten Conference champions today. Now I don't I don't know enough about our relays. I don't know enough about our stuff on the track that are going to be running in the finals today. I don't um, I, I don't know enough about uh, even the field events where, where where I was with the with the weight and shot put. Who's going to be going today? Where all of that's going to shake itself out? It's just it's a it's a very tough thing. If you are not paying attention to it, <laughs> you lose it in a hurry. Yeah. Whereas the basketball and football, you can kind of just pop in and say, "Well, how 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 guys been doing?" Um, on the track here, especially when it's just it's one day you got to go perform uh, on one throw or in one race. It's really nice to see Nebraska sitting top two in both men's and women's going into the championship Saturday. Give yourself a chance. That's all you can ask. That, for, that's right? where that's where it is. Yeah, yeah, and and that's like you said, that's the best chance for a men's sport right now to to have seemingly year in and year out top of the conference type success because you know wrestling can be really really good um baseball can have a really good season they won the conference uh in 2017 i want to say uh when they beat penn state on uh that friday night uh and then we were celebrating it here on the show saturday morning right um it's that is it's it's a it's a sorry state of affairs where they're at right now, but for the men's side, you've got to hang your hat on on the track and field uh, team right now. Great work of, by uh, by Gary Pepin year in and year out to, yes. to 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 reload a lot of that stuff. And there's uh, they're getting a lot of Nebraskans in there. You're getting you're getting a lot of good recruits come here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of foreign recruits that have come in. A lot yes. of Europeans. Yes. Um, every now and then, it seems like you're getting some folks out of the uh, the Caribbean. It's it's a great job of going and identifying talent. Yep. Um, speaking of identifying talent, uh, the recruiters that have been in Nebraska and then have gone out of state, I remembered the guy who was in UCLA, Angus McClure. Okay. And the guy who went to Kentucky, who was on Bo's staff, Vince Merrow. All right. Those are the guys I remembered. 
So I know you were very uh, concerned that I wouldn't be able to. I was up. Those, I was upset with you. I didn't even have to look. I just, they just came to me. They just came to me. Uh, all right. Last segment. When we come back, uh, where did Luke McCaffrey land? He's decided where he's headed in the transfer portal. If you missed that, we'll let you know uh, that and wrapping things up when we come back here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. All right, wrapping things up. Sorry we couldn't bring you to Facebook Live if you're a regular uh, video watcher. Uh, we'll hopefully have that back up and running next week. I know you uh, are missing me and Caleb's bright and shining faces. Uh, we we did see this week where uh, a former face at the Nebraska football program is going to land. Mm-hmm. Quarterback Luke McCaffrey headed to the uh, ACC. Yep, as my as my wife likes to say, ooh, ooh. She's, it's it's not it's not Louisville, it's ooh. Okay. Yeah, I just just throw that out there. Fun. She, she likes to say it that way. Um, and and Caleb, what's what's different about their quarterback situation than Nebraska's? Oh, well, so Nebraska's quarterback situation, as it stands right now, is you've got a three-year returning starter mm-hmm. with two years of eligibility, and then you've got two true freshmen. And this is just for on scholarship. Now for Louisville, they've got a three-year returning starter with two years of eligibility remaining, a sophomore, and a freshman. And that doesn't include Luke McCaffrey. So what situation did he leave and then go into that is really that different? If you're looking doesn't just, sound like it's the quarterback depth chart that, that's the reason why you left. Yeah, if you're if you're looking just at the quarterback depth, man, that is is he gonna go sit and then try to take over a job? What like what or was there something that he just didn't like here? We know that he was obviously close to uh Wandell Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um and now they're both in the state of Kentucky. They are. Um, obviously not playing for same teams, playing for rival schools, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it's it's interesting to hear the things about wanting to play the quarterback position and kind of going into what is already a tough situation that is very identical. Yeah. We also need to mention before we get out of here, baseball starts in six days. Yes. Softball started yesterday. They split. Tristan Edwards already has a home run. Baseball starts in six days. They will be taking on Purdue in Texas. They will play four games while they are there next weekend. You've also got men's and women's basketball today. Volleyball is off until next Friday. Next time we talk to you, it will be March, and baseball will have already happened. I'm coming in in cleats and shorts. I'm coming in eye black with uh, batting gloves. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Bet. All right. <laughs> and I'll maybe know what my senior prom theme was by then, too. We'll see. Break out the yearbooks. We'll see. All right. Till next week, be safe, wear a mask, go Big Red.